Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Welcome, everyone. It is Wednesday, December the 22nd, 2021. It is currently 11.54 a.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you from the empty sanctuary of Victory Baptist Church located right here in Ovalo, Texas. And I hope you have a few minutes of time to really think about something that may be somewhat discouraging. It may be depressing. I know it's very discouraging and depressing for me. Maybe you don't see it the same way. Maybe you'll have a completely different perspective, but at least you will, I I hope you'll give me the time to at least try to explore this topic and ask some very difficult questions that are very uncomfortable for me to even ask. They're even very uncomfortable for me to consider And I think many pastors have asked these questions and found themselves maybe even at times, well, really in the middle of great depression. And you could say, well, they probably shouldn't feel that way, but they do. And I, and I, and I'm going to try to look at this. I'm going to try to see it from two sides. I'm going to try to look at this from the perspective of you sitting in the pew. But I'm going to be honest with you. I haven't been the one sitting in the pew for a very, 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 very long time. I've spent years now standing behind the pulpit or sitting here in front of a microphone. So I really need, if you are not a pastor, I really need to hear your perspective on some of this. I'm going to really need you to, if you're listening live, feel free to jump in the chat or if you are, you can email me. If you're in the Discord channel, you can put your uh, comments there, wherever. I, I definitely need to hear the the average church member's perspective because I, I've stated this so many times. I think... There are the, the difference of perspective between the person sitting in the pew and the person standing behind the pulpit. It is night and day. And I don't know, I think if all pastors, now this is very important, all pastors at one time were sitting in a pew, right? So at some point that pastor used to sit in a pew, but those sitting in the pew, many of them have never stood behind a pulpit. They've never been in that position. So I think sometimes maybe a pastor can understand the people's perspective at least to some level, but I think in many cases, the pastor really can't understand the people's perspective. And I can absolutely 1000% guarantee you the people in the pew cannot understand the pastor's perspective because they've never been there. They've never stood there. And this can create a some some difficulties and can create some very discouraging situations. So I, I'm going to try to look at this from every different perspective I can and try to understand this, but it's a question I have asked myself over and over and over and over and over and over. And in fact, every time, in fact, every time I leave the church, I, I, I pretty much have this internal battle within myself. Every time I drive past another church, I have this internal battle with myself. And, uh, we're, well, we're going to explore that internal battle. And hopefully you will show some grace and mercy. And I would love to get your thoughts and feelings. Now, the reason we're going to be talking about this is the other day, or the last couple of days, I don't even know when it was actually posted. We'll put it this way. For months, let's go back. For months on Sermon Audio, there was advertisements for the Founders Conference. The Founders Conference is coming. The Founders Conference is coming on this date to this date, right? And I was like, oh, cool. There's going to be the Founders Conference on Sermon Audio. I'll, I'll make sure that I'm waiting. And when it goes live, I'll listen to all of the, all of the sermons preached at the Founders Conference, right? That, that should be awesome. That'd be cool. Sermon audio. They do live streaming. That'd be awesome. I know that all the preaching from the Founders Conference will obviously have to follow the statement of faith from Sermon audio. That'll be great. That'll be wonderful. Well, <laughs> what is weird is they had the Founders Conference. It was advertised on Sermon audio, but Sermon audio didn't live stream it. I don't know why. I I guess it was actually in the announcement that it would not be live streamed, but it just seemed weird to me that you're advertising this conference on Sermon Audio and Sermon Audio has live streaming capability, but you're not going to live stream the conference. I think it was $100 for people to attend. We could get into my whole discussions about conferences and they bother me. But whenever I see a conference going on and I think it's going to be live stream, I do like to at least see what's going on in the world of, of Christianity. 
So they didn't live stream it. But soon after, I think I think it was maybe the next day, maybe it was even hours, the opening address was given by, I believe his name is Stephen Lee. He is the founder. Um, and I've talked to, I've talked to him in, in the past many, 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 many years ago. Um, and that he's the founder and, you know, owner of Sermon Audio. And he gave the opening address. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Well, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it. So I, I, uh, I had the Sermon Audio app. I hit play and I started watching and I'm like, oh, oh, wow. Okay. He just, he mentioned something that brings up all of these feelings and brings up all of these issues. And he, he offered a solution. I don't know. You can tell me if you think the solution works or if it doesn't work, but, but let's listen to this together. And then we'll, and, and, and I, I, it would be interesting. A part of me wanted to just play it and say, okay, guys, did, did you hear it? Did you hear it? Did you hear it? But I don't know who's actually listening live. So it could have been like, hey, did you hear it? Did you hear it? And then, well, then nobody would answer. And that would kind of then ruin. <laughs> it really wouldn't work that way. Now, if I was if I was here at church and there were people in the pew, I'd love to play the audio of this and go, okay, guys, did you hear it? Did you hear the, did you hear it? And I, it'd be, I probably, most people like, hear what? I didn't hear anything that was that interesting. But for me, it was like, taking a knife and stabbing it right in the chest. It was like a knife stabbed right in the side of my head because I'm like, oh man, this topic again. Oh, I don't like this topic. But let's listen. I doubt you will hear it. But when it happens, I'm going to be like, there it is. It brings up the question that should bo- that bothers every pastor. And sadly, I don't think it really bothers the people in the pew. I don't think the people in the pew, for the most part, I don't think they give it much thought and they don't care. And I'm not blaming them for that because they don't look at it from the other perspective. But we we will see. Here we go. Are you ready? This is from the Founders Conference that happened uh, a a couple of days ago. And this is Stephen Leaf, the owner, founder of Sermon Audio, giving the opening address. Welcome to the Foundations Conference. Foundations Conference, not the Founders Conference. I apologize. The Foundations Conference, not the Founders Conference. The Founders Conference is a completely different conference. I should have known that. This is the Foundations Conference, not the Founders Conference. I do apologize. If I could, I would go back and edit this out. But I'm live on the air. Okay, but. All right, so everybody good. The Foundations Conference. All right, I do apologize for that. Welcome to the Foundations Conference. Very welcome indeed. The theme verse of this conference is, has always been Acts 6-4, where the apostles say in the midst of an increasingly distracted early church, we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Giving ourselves to prayer and to the word. Prayer and preaching. So, we believe these to be the foundations of ministry. Prayer and the word. That's why we call it the Foundations Conference. So my name is Stephen Lee. I'm the founder of Sermon Audio. And a little bit of background. Sermon Audio is a website. It's dedicated to the propagation and preservation of sound Bible preaching all over the world. We are presently the largest site of its kind with over two million sermons that can be searched by church, by preacher, by topic, by book, chapter and verse. We are approaching, by God's grace, our 22nd year of operation. We broadcast sermons for thousands of churches and ministries. And to date, we've served up almost 400 million sermons worldwide at a rate of over 3 million downloads per month. 400 million, 3 million per month. Absolutely Staggering numbers, right? Absolutely staggering numbers. The largest sermon site, all the, you can search for the sermons all kinds of different ways. And the site, I mean, at one point I felt like it was like a lot of buzz around the site. And then I feel like because of, of culture and how things have changed, 
Now people get their sermons. They listen to them via podcast app. The landscape kind of changed dramatically, right? And now everything is very fragmented, right? Like churches like, okay, well, we could be on Sermon Audio, but we also want to be on YouTube and we want to be here and we want to be here. So do we pay to be on Sermon Audio? Well, I want to be on this podcast app. I want to be on this podcast app. And and right now it's very difficult as any minister, a pastor, Pod, Christian podcaster, where do we try to get our content? It, there's so many different places. Like, where do we go? And for the average person, they're like, okay, well, yeah, I like Sermon Audio, but I listen to all these other podcasts and they're not on Sermon Audio. But so, but so I've got to have this podcast app, but then do I have Sermon Audio app? And well, wait a minute, I can, I can subscribe to Sermon Audio's, you know, their new sermon feed on any podcast app. So do I even go to the Sermon Audio app or do we even go to Sermon Audio website? A lot has changed about how people get their content and how people think, uh, you know, uh, how they get their content and where where they look for sermons and Bible teaching. Again, I've been absolutely blown away that most of the people find us on, well, lately, it's been number one often on, it keeps going back and forth. Pandora is where people are finding us. And, and, and when I get an email, it's like, oh, I was searching for this. I'm like, you were searching for a sermon on that on Pandora? Like what even made you think Look for Bible teaching on Pandora, but and, and same with on Spotify. So that's absolutely, uh, it's awesome that all that other, other things is there. But Sermon Audio, in the midst of all of that, Sermon Audio has still maintained being the number one sermon site and millions of sermons are downloaded every month. But I want you to just, now what I want you to do is think about this. Millions of sermons are downloaded every single month. Again, I want to just really, I want you to get this thought. Millions of sermons are downloaded every single month. Millions of sermons every single month. Just just really, just burn that into your brain. And that's just sermon audio. Think about how many millions and millions of sermons and Christian podcasts are being listened to every single second on Amazon Music, on Pandora, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, on the Edify Christian Podcast app that has millions of Christian podcasts, right? I mean, it is insane how much is out there and how much is being listened to every single day, every single minute. Just, just keep that in mind. Now, keep listening. With all of this free, accessible, and abundant preaching going out all over the world, you would think we should be living in the single greatest season of blessing and fruitfulness in the church's history. Right? But we're not. That's when the knife went into my chest. With all of that preaching... Easily accessible, available. And just think, not just preaching, just think what you have. I don't have my phone. My phone's way down at the end of the table. Well, I've got here my, uh, well, my iPad that's slowly but surely dying. I got to get a new iPad, right? But I keep saying that to myself because I need one. But this iPad, just on this iPad, I just want you to just hear this. On this iPad, you have more, and on your phone, you have access to more preaching, teaching, commentaries, resource materials, reference material. You have more available to you in the palm of your hand that has ever been available in the entire history of the church. You've got more information available to you as an average person sitting in the pew than I mean, you, you put it this way. You've got more available to you that you can know that you can far surpass in knowledge what anyone can gain from going to Bible college or seminary. I mean, you literally have all the seminaries that have ever existed in the history of Christianity literally in your hand. You have it all right there on your phone. 
It is absolutely insane how much is available. You think how many millions of sermons that are available just on sermon audio. You've got seminary lectures, Bible college lectures. You've got sermons. You've got Sunday school lessons. You've got church history lessons. You've got systematic theology. You've got biblical theology. You've got it all. Right. Just, just, just using the sermon audio website alone, you literally could... I mean, forget Bible college or seminary. You could just sit there with a notebook, a Bible, and sermon audio, and and if you systematically develop a course of study, you literally could gain more knowledge than anybody would gain. And that's someone speaking as someone who's gone to, I don't know how many Bible colleges, how many seminaries, I don't even know how many, I've lost count how many degrees I have, bachelor's, master's, Associates. I don't. I've lost count on all of that. I don't care. All of my diplomas and decree, uh, degree, de- decrees. All of my degrees and diplomas are in in a box somewhere in the garage. I don't care about putting them on the wall. I've never cared about any of that stuff. I don't care about the accolades or or getting credit for my my education. Who cares about that? I just wanted the knowledge. I wanted the information. But you can gather all of that information. Now, yeah, it will be somewhat different because in school you got to write papers, you got to take tests. We understand that. But you can gain the same information right there. I mean, it's just amazing what is available. All of the writings of the church fathers right there available to you literally on your phone. Interlinear, Greek, Hebrew, right there on your phone. They'll even say the word for you, right? Right there on your phone. I mean, systematic theology, biblical theology, all the, all the different, I mean, you name a, a seminary, figure out what their textbooks are. You can probably get them right there on your phone, especially if you put, put the Kindle app on. You can pretty much get anything on your phone. It's just absolutely amazing what is available. But with all of this preaching, with all of this content available, Stephen Lee said, you would think that we'd be living in like some great age of blessing. It would be amazing. Christians would be, you know, more knowledgeable than they've ever been. Churches would be stronger. It would be like, it would be just this amazing time. It wouldn't be like the dark ages, right? Uh, Okay, all right. Someone said they caught it. Then they said, nope, I didn't catch it, all right? So, but you would think that after all of that, that this would be a great time of blessing, it would be wonderful. It would be almost like heaven on earth. The world would be filled with the knowledge of God's word. It should be amazing. But with all of that preaching, and this is what the part that, that, that really just hit me, with all of that preaching, things aren't great. Church is a mess. Heresy everywhere. Study after study shows Christians are theologically illiterate, biblically illiterate. Why? Why? Millions of sermons listened to every day. Why? Why? It's not like the dark ages where like, man, nobody has access to God's word. Nobody has access to the preaching of the gospel. It's this horrible time. It's the dark ages. It's horrible. But then the light broke through and people got access to God's word and the reformation and et cetera, et cetera. Look, it's amazing what happened. Well, what, 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 what's the situation today? So much preaching available, so little spiritual growth. So much preaching available, so little theological knowledge. So much preaching available, but biblical illiteracy is rampant. Look, I, you, the way to fix all of those problems would be more preaching, more teaching. But no matter how much preaching there is, it doesn't seem to be making an impact. Why not? Let me just show you how this this subject is typically discussed, right? Let me see if I can find it, all right? Um, See, where did I save the article? Okay, I saved the article somewhere. Okay, here it is. It's right here in front of me. The power of preaching The power of the word that spoke creation into existence flashes forth from the pulpit when the congregation hears the voice of God himself speaking through his ambassador. The Christian church was built by powerful preaching. 
In apostolic days, it was preachers, not politicians, that turned the world upside down. Acts chapter 17, verse 6. The Reformation was fought and won by consecrated preachers of spiritual power. Preaching has changed social structures, shattered tyrannies, and set the masses free from slavery and superstition. Every great day in the history of the church has been a day of spirit-filled preaching. Nothing then is more important to today's church than having kindled, consecrated personalities with the ability to interpret God's message to this generation. Small wonder the devil seeks to minimize the power of the pulpit. And they go through to show you the power of preaching, the power of preaching, the power of preaching. We've got more preaching now than we've ever had in the entire history of the church. I mean, literally, I, I can I can grab my phone and just open up the Sermon Audio app and I can go to the Edify Christian Podcast app. There are so many sermons. I, I, look, very few churches in 2021, very few churches in 2021 don't have their sermons online. They're either on YouTube, they're on Facebook, they're on every podcast app imaginable. They're on a church website. Now, yes, some don't do a very good job in placing them everywhere. They don't do a very good job in up. I mean, we could talk about some of the poor attempts and using the technology, but the point is they're all over the place. But we, with all of that preaching, where is the change? So it leads me to always ask the question, Is it simply futile? Is it futile to preach? Is there futility in preaching? Is preaching, is there just absolute futility in preaching another sermon? What are we actually accomplishing? Uh, If you look up the definition of futility, and I think I had it, uh, where did I place it? I had it here somewhere. Yeah, futility, the definition. Um, Pointlessness or uselessness. Pointlessness or uselessness. It's completely pointless. It's completely useless to preach another sermon. What's the point in preaching another sermon? Because does it actually impact anything or anyone? And I have asked that question so many times. I can think of specific. When when this church was, we went through a period of real growth, right? Now, sadly, a lot of those people moved away because of the military, and then we're now back down to where we are today, which is not very big. There was a time that this sanctuary was almost packed out. It was absolutely crazy. It was awesome. Now, everybody moved away, which was sad, um, and we did not replace all of the people who moved away. That's one of the things having military people in your church, right? But so um, it was a it was a crazy time, and I knew that hey 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 church is growing church is growing um, we're going to have problems we're going to have problems so I better I know what we're going to teach we're going to we're going to spend three four years working through First Corinthians. Now I preached and preached week after week after week verse by verse through First Corinthians week after week year after year and then guess what happened many of the things we talked about in First Corinthians. I'm not saying it ever got really bad. I'm not saying it ever, ever, ever got horrible. But many of those exact same kinds of issues still came into the church, still had the same problems, no matter how much I preached 1 Corinthians. In fact, by the time I got done with 1 Corinthians, and I, my, my church today will even tell you, I joke about it all the time. That was the most useless, pointless series that I've ever preached in my entire life because clearly it didn't make a difference to anyone. They didn't change anything. Now, I know that, that see, this is the preacher's perspective. People in the pew will be like, oh, no, but it was a really good series, and, and I learned a lot. Okay, I understand that. But did it really make a difference? So here's the question I have for the person sitting in the pew you, you, or sitting at home listening to sermon after sermon after sermon. You may be able to speak for yourself and be able to say how much preaching impacts you or doesn't impact you. But I think we can all acknowledge, we all have to acknowledge this. More preaching is available than at any other time in history. There's just no way to get around that, all right? Because I was a Christian when I, when I was younger, um, I, I've told you one of the ways I discipled uh, myself, okay? I, first, there was an older woman. I would go to her house uh, sometimes after school and sit on the floor 
while she sat in a rocking chair and just read parts of scripture and talked about all kinds of things. That's where I, that's where I, I really, I got discipled a lot by an older woman. It's sad. I had to turn to a woman to disciple me because there was no men in the church who were going to disciple me. Okay. That, that, don't even get me. Once again, I get, I get very frustrated with men in the church. I really, 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 really do. Okay. Okay. Not all men, but there's sometimes like, where are the men? It's always like, even if I look at the statistics for this podcast, I, I guarantee you it's 80% women. 70, 70, 80% women who do, who, who usually engage in Bible study and theological discussions. It's like, but that's a whole, that's a whole different podcast. Okay. But, and I've witnessed that my whole Christian life, that a lot of times the, it's women in the church who could have better theological discussions than the men. And I'm like, what in the world? What, what? Okay. Don't, don't get me started. But so one of the things I did to disciple myself as a teenager is on the days that I, uh, that I, I'm sorry, I'm looking at my iPad because I'm getting all kinds of notifications. Uh, probably because I just ticked off a lot of men. <laughs> okay, that's probably what I just did. Okay, get over it. Okay, don't complain about it. Do something about it. Okay, all right, here we go. So I would go home and I would grab a Bible, a notebook, and I would turn on Christian radio. And three preachers came on. All right, I've told the story a million times. First, there was, I, I don't remember the order, but Chuck Swindoll, Chuck Smith, and John MacArthur. And I had my notebook. I had my Chuck Swindoll uh, notebook, my Chuck Smith notebook, and my John MacArthur notebook. And I and I would li- and, and and look. I couldn't listen to. There was no internet, so I had to listen to them right then when they came on. If I wasn't there, I missed it. There was no way to get it back. So in many cases, I would try to record it off the radio. So I mean, I was I was very limited in what preaching I could hear. Either I had to go to church or try to catch it on Christian radio. And so. Here's what I would do. I had my Chuck Swindoll notebook. Chuck Swindoll taught me the importance of application, that if you preach a scripture, you've got to apply it. You've got to make it practical. You've got to give something practical. Chuck Smith, I joke about this all the time, taught me absolutely nothing because I usually almost wanted to fall asleep listening to him. You know, I'm like, oh, you talk about like, hey, Chuck, could you get a little bit more excited? You're preaching God's word. Could 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 you think you just add a little bit of more oomph to it? It was kind of like we're in uh, Mark chapter one. That's okay. So I can't say I learned anything from Chuck Smith. John MacArthur, I learned the importance of exegesis, verse by verse teaching, learned a lot about that. So I learned a lot about verse by verse, the importance of exegetical exegesis and, and taking the text apart. Swindoll taught me the importance of application. Those sermons were absolutely instrumental in discipling me in my Christian life. They were absolutely instrumental. They taught me about preaching, how to handle the text, and I I will forever be grateful for those afternoons sitting there listening to Christian radio. But let me make it very clear. I was very limited in what I could hear, right? Either it was church or try to catch it on. There was no other way to get it. Now, and, so, and especially some ministries were, were doing tape ministries where you could do a subscription and have tapes sent to you, but I didn't have the money to do that as a teenager, which was crazy that they were charging people for the preaching of God's word, but I digress. It was just very limited, but I listened to that preaching and it did have a profound impact on me. But then I look back, how much of an impact did it really have on me? Because I still made a bazillion mistakes. I still made all kinds of mistakes. Now, the question is, was, am I expecting too much of an impact? In other words, should, when I look at preaching, should it have an impact? Does it have an impact? And how much impact should we honestly expect from preaching? Because I, I have been taught and you hear this in Bible college and seminary, you hear this everywhere, like that article, the power of preaching. Preaching changes people's life. The preaching of God's word is transformative. It changes people's life. It makes it better. It makes it different because it's the power of God's word. And we preach it that way. Yet there's preaching, 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 and people's lives are not changed. So do we expect too much? Do we misunderstand the kind of change it actually brings about? What does it actually accomplish? Are we just wasting our time? And then I, there's a, a another news article that I have here that I think is somewhat relevant to this discussion. It's called, Why Are So Many Pastors Committing Suicide? 
and it's a, a very sad, depressing report about how many pastors are killing themselves. And I'm thinking, okay, so we have lots of preaching. Clearly, everyone seems to acknowledge uh, things aren't getting better. They seem to be getting worse and worse and worse and worse. There's biblical illiteracy, theological illiteracy. Churches are divided. The church has been politically hijacked. We can go on and 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 on. Fighting, division, whatever. Oh, and pastors are killing themselves. Now, I can understand being depressed as a pastor. You preach and you preach and you just sometimes start thinking. Because I, I know for the person sitting in the pew, they don't understand this. But from the pastor's perspective, you can't imagine the perspective you have. You have the perspective, oh, I'm going to go to Bible college. I'm going to get ordained. And I'm going to go be a pastor in a church. And there's going to be full of all these people. And they can't wait to hear preaching. They're going to be talking to me about doctrine and theology. They're going to be doing Bible studies. They're going to be calling me, asking me for spiritual advice. They're going to want counsel. It's going to be, I'm going to be counseling people, helping people, teaching people. It's going to be this awesome awesome thing and you got this image and then you get it and you're like nobody cares <laughs> you've got always got a few people who are but for the most part nobody really cares whether people show up or don't show up that you don't you never know they don't really call you for any advice and honestly they don't really want your advice and then you start thinking man what in the world ministry is not what I thought it would be. And then you start getting discouraged. You get depressed and like, I've dedicated my life to this for what? What am I even doing? And some pastors obviously slip into such a dark time of depression that they commit suicide. Now, there, there could be a lot of reasons for committing suicide. I'm not trying to reduce it to just this, but I'm saying there it is a very like, I preach, I preach, I preach. People like, amen, amen, good sermon. And then, and then, and, and, and there, there's been enough studies that prove this. And I've seen it with the people in my own church. And sometimes you'll even hear my frustration in my preaching. All right, we've been in this chapter for four weeks. All right, everyone. So what have we covered so far? All right, guys, we have been covering this for four weeks. What have we learned? Is there anyone out there? And I'm looking at the people like, it's open. And you'll hear me say, it's open book. Look at your notes. And it's like, they can't even remember what we've spent three or four weeks covering. Do you not know how maddening that is as a pastor? You're like, what is even the point? I should just get up there and go, amen. I'm ready to go home. Because it's just, it would be just as, productive as going, let's spend hours working on this chapter. And you're like, what, what, what are we, what, what's, what's the problem? Is it become pointless and futile? Now, listen to what I'm about to say. No matter how futile, no matter how pointless it may appear to be, I believe biblically the church is still called to preach God's word. We can't come up with a new method. Now, I know throughout church history, especially in modern times, a lot of pastors have tried to come up with new methods. Okay, maybe we need to stop preaching. We need, we need to do more of, maybe we should bring in a drama team. Maybe we should have a dance team. Maybe maybe we should use movie clips. And pastors have, have long, and, and people will sit there and criticize it. But a lot of the reasons the pastors turn to all of this nonsense is because, well, they don't feel like anything else is working. So the people in the pew have to look at themselves and go, before you start condemning every pastor for coming up with every garbage technique, maybe it's because the people in the pew never give the pastor any indication that it's even worth this time to preach or study. What's even the point of studying all week when nobody really cares what was preached? Now, to be fair, this is an uh, ongoing thing. I'd have to find the quote, but... uh, uh, not, I was going to say Swindoll, Spurgeon, back when he was involved in the downgrade controversy where he was having issues with fellow Baptists about what was going on in the church, and he felt the church was on a downgrade, he basically said, and I am clearly paraphrasing here, he said something along this lines, nobody cares if what is preached is true or false. All they care about is being let out on time. Now, I was Spurgeon dealing with his own frustration. Now, he was, he, he was pastoring a large church, but even he was like, what is even the point? Nobody cares what is preached is true or false. They just want to be out on time. What is even the point? 
there is a sense of futility that I, I witness because every Sunday when I get ready to stand in the pulpit, I start thinking to myself, and, and maybe maybe you, you probably people in the pew never think about this, but I think about this. I'm going to stand here. I'm going to preach a sermon. And while I'm standing here preaching this sermon, there are people all over this country sitting in churches hearing sermons preached. So millions of people are going to hear sermons this morning. But is the world going to be any diff- different on Monday than it was on Sunday? What is all of that preaching going to do? What is that all going to produce? Now, what I was going to say before I went off to Spurgeon is this. No matter how pointless or useless it may be, and I've got to emphasize this, I still believe that is the biblical call, that the church is not to adopt any other method. It is the proclamation of God's word. You open, thus saith the Lord, you dig into that text and you teach and you equip people so there will no longer be children tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. And I can't worry about whether people want to hear it, don't want to hear it, if they're apathetic, if they don't care. All I can do is keep preaching. And as long as they allow me to stand behind a pulpit, as long as, long as I have the financial ability to sit here in front of the microphone, all I can do is do it. I can't worry about the results. I can't worry about what it will or will not accomplish. I cannot do that. I have to just let it, just let it be. And I also have to think about, is it possible that sometimes the preaching of God's word is there to produce, and you got to just stay with me here. I know this is going to create a little bit of controversy, uh, but you just stay with me. I wonder, is preaching always designed to bring about what we classify as positive results? Is it also possible that God can use the preaching and proclamation of God's word to harden hearts, to blind eyes, to bring people into a position of hardness and, and judgment? And, 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 and actually, God's word can be used to, to break and open, uh, break hearts, open hearts and open eyes, or it can be used to blind and harden. Is, is that a biblical, do you think that's a biblical concept? Now, there's some verses I have in mind, and, and I, even if it's about how, why Jesus, uh, a lot of people say parables were, were taught to make it easily, easy to understand, but that's not, if you look in the Bible and you look in Isaiah, and I think in Matthew, there's some scriptures that would seem to say he taught in parables to keep people from seeing the truth. So can the proclamation of God's word, in other words, just because there's negative results, is it possible that is what God is accomplishing through that preaching and that it should be just as well received as everyone eyes are being opened and they're growing spiritually? I, I, I'm just, I'm just throwing that out there. A little speculation. You, you can, you can tell me what you think. Am I being biblical there? I know I can look up a bunch of script, scriptures here to try to justify some of that, uh, but I'll just throw it out there. The point is, what do you think? What do you think about all the preaching and the and the lack of, I guess we can call it fruit? Again, now what kind of fruit are we looking for? Are we do we have do pastors just have too high of expectations? So what I've tried to do, it reminds me of a of a song uh, where I, I, uh, I, I see I, since I gave up hope, I feel a lot better. Right. Since I gave up hope, I feel wonderful. Yeah. Once I gave up hope, everything is great. Maybe I should just give up any hope. And just say, you know what? Preach, teach, whatever happens, happens. Now, I, I I know that's a very cynical and jaded perspective, but I think if I just like, if I have this idea, oh, people actually care. People actually are going to pay attention. People are actually going to participate. If if you have that, you just let down, 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 discourage, 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 discourage. Because the reality is in most churches, people don't really care that much. They're not gonna, if the pastor's giving them homework, people are not gonna do the homework. I mean, look, we have lots of people who listen to this podcast and I am grateful. I think over this week, I've probably lost a lot of people, but I'm grateful for every person who listens. But you consider the number of people who listen with the people who, say, participate in the Bible study exercises. The people who actually are involved in, in some of the discussions, that's always going to be the small, that's going to be the minority of the minority of the minority of the minority of the minority. It's going to be the smallest group possible. 
And that's okay. I got to be grateful. I've got to focus on, well, there's three people, there's four, there's five, there's seven, whatever the case may be. And not, and all I can do is just put the word of God out there and let whatever happens, happens. If it opens eyes, wonderful. If it closes eyes, it's God's word. Let him do what he wants with it. Any other approach can be very detrimental and discouraging and can lead a pastor to wanting to quit, resign, or even worse, commit suicide, which is ultimate, which is horrible and frightening. And I know, and, and when a pastor even says that, then all they're going to get though is condemnation and judgment from the people in the pew. You're the pastor. How dare that? Okay. Uh, how dare you think that way? But they're human beings as well. I know sometimes people forget that pastors are human beings, but they're human beings who fell and they have their struggles and their difficulties as well. But um, I, I just, just a lot of thoughts, but I'm going to go back and play this. Because Stephen Lee from Sermon Audio, he thinks there is a reason, in a sense, why the preaching has been, in a sense, futile. There's a futility in it. There's a there's a um, lack of impact, and he blamed. He's going to connect something else to it. He's already given it away. But I'm going to back this up and listen to the beginning so that'll flow right into it. And when he says it, then I'm going to come back in and go, see, that's what he thinks the solution is. And you can tell me what you think. Because here's, here, here's basically the, the, the responses I'm going to get. Well, the reason the preaching isn't doing uh, much today is because the preachers aren't spirit-filled. If the preachers were more godly, if they were more spirit-filled, then their preaching would have power. So it's the preacher's fault. All right, well, that's, let me, let me tell you, Thank you for those kind emails. That's always wonderful. That just that will just make those preachers feel so much better about themselves. It's my fault that my preaching is. So so what am I? Let me take a whip, whip myself. You know, I'll, I'll sleep on a cold floor and not eat for six weeks. I'll punish myself. I'll do penance so my preaching will be better. Okay, you, you, you can blame them for that. Uh, rarely, it's funny, the people in the pew will blame the preacher. Rarely do the people in the pew ever look at themselves and go, maybe you're not getting anything out of God's word because you don't care. But see, then that's the preacher blaming the people. So the people want to blame the preacher. The preacher want to blame the people. And bottom line is everyone blames each other. And the reality is sermons will be preached and what will be the actual impact? Are they even remembered? Here's an absolutely devastatingly depressing statistic. It is said that what is preached on Sunday morning, around half of the people will not even remember what was preached Sunday morning, Sunday night. And by next Sunday, something like 90% or more have completely forgotten what was preached the previous Sunday. They can barely give you any of the details, anything. Now, if those statistics are accurate, and there seems to be enough enough studies to prove this, that tells you that whatever I preach, uh, whatever I preach on Sunday, by by the following Sunday, no one really remembers it. Nobody's given it much thought. They've not talked about it. They've not meditated on it. So, really, it was absolutely useless. That is, you don't even know how discouraging that is as a pastor. I can't worry about that. I cannot worry about it. I, I have no control over that. I'm commissioned to preach. I, all I can do is preach. I, 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 I've tried to figure out every solution in the world. Not. Stephen Lee, he thinks he has the solution. Let's go back and see if we find, hear the solution. Welcome to the Foundations Conference. Very welcome indeed. The theme verse of this conference is, has always been Acts 6-4 where the apostles say in the midst of an increasingly distracted early church, we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word, giving ourselves to prayer and to the word, prayer and preaching. So we believe these to be the foundations of ministry, prayer and the word. That's why. Did you hear it? Did you hear it? That maybe, now he didn't say it here, but it's, it's where it's going. Maybe preaching is ineffective because it's not connected to prayer. 
Now, is it that easy? Hey, pastors, pray more. People, pray more. If we all pray more, the preaching will have greater impact. Now, I have had people in my ministry long time ago complain that we don't pray enough in this church. So I said, wonderful. We'll start Saturday nights, 6 p.m., 7 p.m. I'll open up the church. Everyone can come here and we will pray for the services the next day. So there was complaints that we didn't pray enough, right? So I open the door. I show up to church Saturday night, 6 p.m., 7 p.m. One person showed up. Oh, wait, they're not even a member of my church. (laughs) They're not even, they listen to me online. Not even a member of my church showed up to pray with me for the services the next day. I did that week after week after week after week after week. And finally, I gave up. Well, then, so, so, hey, we need, we need more prayer. So what they wanted was more prayer and less preaching because they thought my sermons were too long, I guess. I don't know. So, so that, that didn't go away. Then I had another person complain. We don't spend enough time together. We don't hang out enough. In other words, hey, maybe things would be more effectual if we spent more time together. So I said, okay, every Monday night, I'll come to the church, open the door and just sit here and anybody can come and we can just hang out. You can talk about whatever you want. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Nobody showed up. <laughs> okay. Nobody showed up. So I, I always hear like, here, here's what we need to do. And you're like, okay, let's do it. And nobody then ever wants to, it's, it's really funny as a pastor. Sometimes the, the things you get, well, you need to do this. You need to do this. If we did this, if we did, because, but on some ways I appreciate it because people want there to be more impact and things to happen, but they're not sometimes willing to, it's, it's one thing to, again, it's easy to throw out a criticism or a solution. It's another thing to actually put it into practice. But do you think if there was more prayer that we would just fix this? Everything would be, hey, if people were praying more, the preaching would have more impact. Well, who should do more of the praying? Should it be the pastor or the people in the pew? Should it be both? Pastor, you need to be praying at least four hours a day. All right. How about you? How many hours a day should you be praying? Is that the solution? I'm going to go back, back this up. Now, this time, I'm going to let it play for like two or three minutes, and and you'll get the basic idea. Here we go. Welcome to the Foundations Conference. Very welcome indeed. The theme verse of this conference is, has always been Acts 6, 4, where the apostles say in the midst of an increasingly distracted early church, we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word, giving ourselves to prayer and to the word, prayer and preaching. So we believe these to be the foundations of ministry, prayer and the word. That's why we call it the Foundations Conference. So my name is Stephen Lee. I'm the founder of Sermon Audio. And a little bit of background. Sermon Audio is a website. It's dedicated to the propagation and preservation of sound Bible preaching all over the world. We are presently the largest site of its kind with over 2 million sermons that can be searched by church, by preacher, by topic, by book, chapter, and verse. We are approaching by God's grace, our 22nd year of operation. We broadcast sermons for thousands of churches and ministries. And to date, we've served up almost 400 million sermons worldwide at a rate of over 3 million downloads per month. With all of this free, accessible and abundant Preaching going out all over the world, you would think we should be living in the single greatest season of blessing and fruitfulness in the church's history, right? But we're not. Sad reality is is different. And I have to ask myself why. We are a preaching site. We believe that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And that God is pleased to use the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. But the apostles gave themselves to both preaching and praying. 
The Lord has laid it on my heart to put an emphasis on prayer this morning. And as I say, please be patient with me. I believe there is a prayer deficiency in our churches and in our personal experience today. We still say our prayers, of course, but let's look at some of the images of prayer in Scripture. I'll stop right there. Now, you can go to a sermon audio. I think it's right there on the top banner. It's called uh, The Case for United Prayer. Um, it's about 23 minutes long. I would definitely challenge you to listen to this. Um, and you can see, I mean, he's going to put an emphasis on prayer. So do you think prayer would fix it? Do, do you think prayer would be the solution? Now, I, I don't think we could argue that prayer would hurt, obviously. I just, I, I don't know. If, I, I think I'm, my, my perspective is I'm trying to figure out, is our expectations wrong? Hey, I preach. Everyone's going to be like, amen, great sermon, and I'm going to go put it into practice tomorrow, and the world's going to be different. And if you preach for 10 years in this local area, the whole area will be different in 10 years than it was because of your preaching. Is that arrogance? Is that foolishness? Is that like just being so naive, thinking, man, I preach and I change people? Or, well, God's word changes people. You get the idea. And, you know, God uses me to change people. Is that naive? Or does preaching have, does it harden some? Does it, does it move some people to spirit? In other words, does preaching do a, a, a multifaceted thing, uh, impact? In other words, it, it's not just about, oh, people get excited. They study God's word. They can't wait to hear your next sermon. Maybe it's, it's like for some, it's going to, it's going to move them forward. For others, it won't do anything. For some, it's just going to harden and push them further and further into hardness and darkness. It's going to have a multifaceted uh, impact and you don't control what the impact is. You have no say so in it. You have no control in it. All you can do is control your, your preparation, your preaching, your faithfulness to God's word, and you've got to let the rest just go fall where it may. And you can't do anything else about it. Now, you can pray. Clearly, you can pray. That's not going to change anything. What you cannot do is then throw out the preaching of God's word to bring in any the new, the new technique, the new idea, the new gimmick. You can't do that because you're not allowed to do that by scripture. So you have to maintain preaching and that God will use that preaching to save some. That, that, that seems to be the case. Preaching will help disciple some people. That is true. And then there's a lot. It's not going to do a thing. And you just leave that into the hands of a sovereign God. That sound, I know that sounds so spiritual. And you're like, well, obviously that's the answer. Okay. It's easy for you to say, you be the one preaching and you live with, well, that didn't seem to go well. Well, that seemed to be a waste of time. Well, no one clearly remembered what we preached last week. So I don't even know why I even do review. Like you can just, you, you should just hear what my wife could tell you the discouragement, the frustration, and sometimes the drive homes are not pleasant because of my own just like, well, what in the world am I even doing? Okay. What am I doing? So, uh, it's, it's a, a struggle. I just, I just don't know if it's like, Hey, if we add pr prayer, it's going to work. Because our prayer would be, God, you use the preaching for your purpose. And it may not be my purpose. I just, I just don't know if we have accurately defined what God accomplishes in preaching. I know we have scriptures that seem to say it's gonna, it's gonna, it's got power. It's gonna change people. But I think we have some indications that the, we're preaching God's word, that God's word doesn't always lead to salvation, it leads to hardening. It leads to blinding for some. So, are, in other words, hey, I preached for 20 years and all I got from it is I hardened people. People were pushed into greater darkness and they were blinded. Woohoo! What a successful ministry. But is that successful? Now, from a human perspective, they're like, you were a loser. Nobody was going to your church. Nobody, you, what a waste of time. I, I, like, I, I just, I, we have such a weird perspective of what success is. People in the pew have their view of what success is and why the church should exist or not exist. 
If it doesn't grow, then they're just like, ah, we're not really doing anything. It doesn't matter. That's your human perspective. Pastors have their perspective. I wonder if all of our perspectives are just completely 100% fraudulent and wrong. I don't have any easy answers here. I just wanted to at least throw this out there because when I heard it, it just it got me thinking. And you know what I do? When I start thinking, I turn on the microphone and just talk about it. That's what I do. It's what I've always done. I don't apologize for that in any way, shape, or form uh, because I, I really do believe, I really do believe that uh, we, we have to have these kinds of conversations. It's, it's Wednesday uh, in many churches. Typically here, we would have a Wednesday night service. We will be having a Friday night service. So Friday, I'll probably stand behind the pulpit and say something. It's going to be more focused on the Lord's Supper and some other things. But uh, whatever I preach, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll be standing behind the pulpit. Uh, what? That's Saturday, Friday. I, I can't remember how it all works. At some point, I'll be at someone's house in the church that invited us over for a Bible study. Uh, so there's going to be preaching and teaching. And then Sunday, obviously, I'll be preaching and teaching. What? What am I going to accomplish? I don't know how much preaching that you'll sit under this week. I don't know. But what, what, what did it do? What did it do? What did it accomplish? Those are, those are, are real questions. And I just, I just think maybe I'm going to go with, I'm not going to argue against the prayer part. I'm not going to argue against the prayer part. But, but, I, but I will say you can't just put that on the pastor. You can't say, well, he needs to pray more. I think everyone in the pew, I mean, everyone in the pew needs to be praying about their attitude and how they approach a sermon and how, and Lord, help, help me be more receptive to the sermon and let me take it in. Let me remember it. Like praying for themselves in preparation. I, I think, I think it has to go from both sides there. I don't think it can be one, but I just think maybe we have this very, very basic view that I prepare the sermon, I preach the sermon, I preach, and then everyone is going to be massively impacted and their life will change dramatically from Sunday to Monday because I know that I think that way, but then I have to remember, wait a minute, I said under preaching and my life didn't immediately change day in, day out. Maybe it's just a slow, steady process that sometimes you may not even see what is happening. And maybe we can't worry about seeing what is happening Maybe we can't even try to understand it. All we can do is be obedient to what God calls us to do. Sometimes we can be a part of a church and go, well, we're not doing, we look around and go, we're not doing anything. What's even the point? There's probably people in my church who are like, what's even the point? We're small, we're in the middle of nowhere, we're not growing, it's a waste of time. There's probably that perspective. Maybe we've got to stop looking at it from all of those perspectives. That's such a human, maybe it's even a more of an American mindset. American mindset is you start it and it's successful. Boom. And how is it successful? Numbers. How is it successful? Positive reviews on Yelp. Whatever the case may be, maybe we've got a, such a humanistic perspective of everything about preaching, church, growth, success, that we've gotten it all horribly wrong. Maybe it, maybe what is preaching is doing, we will never we will never truly understand or see, and we just have to leave that in the hands of God. Maybe. I will challenge us. I know one thing I'm going to try to do. Maybe we can all listen to what Stephen Lee had to say. I would challenge you to grab the Sermon Audio app and listen to it. Um, Maybe we should all at least try to implement more prayer for the sermon, more prayer for the church service as the pastor praying for the sermon, you praying for the sermon, you praying for yourself, not just the prayer we do when, you know, because I know it's the, I, I, and I, one of the things I don't follow that template is, you know, okay, I'm getting ready to preach. So now I've got to pray. Lord, use this sermon. And I pray right before the sermon. I don't do that. I don't do that. I do pray at the end of the sermon. And even sometimes that bothers me because it just feels like I'm following a template. The prayer really should happen way before the sermon and way before the church service. And it should involve everyone. Maybe we all commit ourselves to praying more for this podcast for your church, for my church, for all the sermons you listen to, for all the sermons I listen to, that they would, that we would always be in the right frame of mind that those sermons will have the greatest impact they can on us. 
I don't know. You can give me your thoughts, your feedback. You can email me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. I know this is one of those, like, you didn't really give us any answers. I don't know if I have any answers, but you know I love just to have these kind of discussions and conversations. I know it's not the typical podcast format. I apologize for that. You probably feel like I just wasted my, in other words, what I probably did was, what I did was probably just futility, pointless and useless. I hope it wasn't pointless and useless because I think raising these questions and trying to get us to think about it, I don't believe it's pointless and useless, Useless, even though it doesn't really fit the, hey, he just had a great beginning and a great middle and a wonderful conclusion. And now I just took something away from, I know you didn't take anything away from this, but hopefully it will at least get you thinking about how you handle preaching and what it does or doesn't do for you. But go listen to what Stephen Lee had to say. I think it's an interesting conversation and discussion. And, uh, well, see what you can do to implement more prayer. And uh, well, then you can just tell me what you what you see. We we can do kind of our own experiment and see. Not, not in a sense of like we're going to test God, but just see if a prayerful attitude would make preaching more effectual. That's something to consider. All right, I'll stop right there. Everyone have a great day. You can email me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. Thanks for listening. God bless.